I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the The Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Yeah, man. All the creepy. Oh, yeah. The creepier, the better. Indeed. Except (laughs) spiders. Yeah, we don't like spiders. No. Don't sign us up for spiders. No. We will scream really loud. It's a no from me. (laughs) And if you miss the spider um you you're not allowed at the house anymore nope watch the damn show because i will be gone i will make a scene (laughs) we're gonna burn the house down (laughs) sarah just burn the house down (laughs) she's like what happened well i had to burn the house because someone missed the spider no joke when i there's one morning like totally sidetracking uh there's one morning when i was taking a shower and then i was getting ready to get out and stuff and there's this massive goddamn spider on the shower like the outside of the shower door nope and i lost my mind and i made jared come and kill it otherwise i wasn't gonna move i mean i would have just stayed in the shower nope i had one um (laughs) i didn't notice it but when i when i got into my car at work i had this massive spider that had made a web off of my uh side view mirror and part of my other car and this big motherfucker nope and and i didn't see it when i'm getting in because the end of the work day i'm going home blah, blah blah and i closed the door and i went ah! <laughs> and i i legit called jared and I'm like what do i do i don't know what she's like drive it will blow off the car if you drive. But what if it blows in the car? But that's what I said. I'm like, Jermo, okay. My office is this, equidistant. This is why we have a podcast together. Right? My office is equidistant between two, three, two main freeways. It is three miles in each direction. You know how many stoplights I would hit? What if it crawls through the dash? Yep. And then exactly. what if I die? Like Exactly. Because I will jump out of my car on, on the freeway while it's moving. I am not above that <laughs> i'd rather go out by a semi than a spider yeah but that does exactly. that sounds irrational i shouldn't say that i mean well i mean i did worse things <laughs> i mean i tried not to hit a deer and his life was saved but i rolled my car you're a good person <laughs> so there's that anyway that's the story of my life um (laughs) but i have a joke for you i'm ready why don't witches have babies i don't know why not their husbands have crystal balls well that's a problem (laughs) i hate it when that happens i know oh man (laughs) i have a joke okay okay what is frankenstein's favorite cheese i don't know brie monster that's hilarious it's a good cheese though oh my god you know what i miss monster (laughs) cheese you know what now that i am completely giving up dairy proud of you because my stomach says uh no you can't have that girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really do miss cheese. <laughs> you know, the first, um, I think the first three months were the hardest for me. And I know that sounds like a long time, but we've, when you think that we've already been in quarantine for 10 months, it's like, man, three months really isn't that long. Uh, the first three months I think were the hardest for me because I love like a good triple cream brie. Mm. Oh, it was so good. I also like a triple cream me too. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, my mouth just dropped open. <laughs> oh my god, that uh, laugh was so evil. 
Anywho. <laughs> I am not editing this out. I hope you don't. I am not cutting this from the podcast. <laughs> it took me a minute because I'm like, did she just say that? She did. Oh I my did. God. <laughs> I did. Bad Girl Brie Brie is my favorite Brie Brie. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> don't apologize. It just comes out and I don't know what to do. Stop apologizing. <laughs> All right. Anywho. Triple cream. Should we get into our booze news? <laughs> yes. <laughs> booze news. Booze news. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> so, Jared Harris, who starred in the first season of AMC's The Terror, is reteaming with the network for The Beast Must Die. Ooh. <laughs> it's a British thriller series, uh, which is, was just acquired by AMC. So it's based on a novel by Nicholas Blake. Um, and The Beast Must Die centers on a grieving mother who infiltrates the life of a man she believes killed her son. Oh, I know sad but the beast must die um (laughs) and the cast also includes uh i think it's kush kush jumbo oh what a cool name yeah i'm just like i had to make sure i (laughs) say that right billy howie uh nathaniel parker and geraldine james and it will arrive on amc later this year i dig it be on the lookout you got amc's been doing pretty good AMC's been holding it down. Yeah, they're doing a good job. <laughs> so, um, in addition to classic characters, uh, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife will also be bringing new characters and new ghosts to the big screen on June 11th, 2021. If Ooh. we get to the big screen at that time. Anyway. <laughs> so, and there has been an official first look um, at one of those brand new ghost designs from an unlikely place. So, um, this was reported by Ghostbusters News. Uh, the slimy specter was previewed on a recent episode of Master Chef Junior over in Spain, and it was uh, giving us the best look to date at the design that uh, had previously been a glimpse in the movie's trailer and upcoming toy line. So he's a Slimer like blue ghost named Muncher. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that whoever came up with that name needs to be fired. Also, was probably a male. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Just saying. <laughs> Especially if I chuckle like a fifth grader. <laughs> but anyway. And guess what? He's also getting his own Twinkies this year. Oh my god! So they're gonna, there's going to be blue Twinkies, you guys, and they're going to be called Muncher Twinkies or Twinkie Muncher <laughs> Twinkie Munchers. Oh my god! See, see, someone did not think this through, or they did think it through, and no one vetted it, and that's even worse. Oh god, that's almost just as bad as my comment earlier. Um. <laughs> But the Afterlife uh, cast includes Carrie Coon, uh, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, and Paul Rudd, who is a vampire. And (laughs) also Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts are all coming back for this sequel to the original classic, reprising their iconic and beloved roles. 
I hope that they do a little something nice for Harold Ramis since he's. No I hope with so us. too. I feel like they are. But also, um, I have more hope for this one than I had for the last one. Me too. Mostly because of Paul Rudd. Yeah. I mean, if Paul Rudd's in it, that means it's good. Right? Has Paul Rudd done a bad movie? Mm. I'm thinking. I'm not I'm coming up on I mean, honestly, if we if we have to think that long, then it's probably Then it's probably no. fine. But if anybody knows, then let us know. Yeah, man. If there's a Paul Rudd movie that you don't like, I challenge you to think of one. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In other news, AMC announced the renewal of Eli Roth's History of Horror for a third season of six hour long episodes. Six. Wow. Like, okay. So six, like the number six mm-hmm. hour long episodes. Not Why? like a six hour long episode. Wait, and how? I've never watched these. You have it? It's great. I have it. Well, Okay. I am hit or miss with Eli Roth. I'm like, true, no shade. I'm mostly miss with Eli Roth. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'm like, sometimes I like his stuff. And then other times I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Hostel was, <laughs> was a little rough. All the Hostel um, movies were rough. Yes. And why did I watch them all? I don't know. Oh, you know what though? I did like Cabin in the Woods. Okay. That one was good. I did like Cabin in the Woods. Um, and then he did that. <sighs> Green Inferno was that one. hard pass. I couldn't even finish it. I finished it. I'm sorry. And I like. I regret it. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah. I will say the one time I did like Eli Roth is when he made this awesome um a maze a halloween maze i forget what year it was but it was in vegas in the planet hollywood and he took like almost a whole level mm-hmm. of one of their empty like areas in the shopping area um it was great it scared the shit out of me <laughs> i missed the, the miracle mile shops at uh planet hollywood yes you get lost down there but i mean he did an amazing job didn't he? Do, I feel like he did one for Halloween Horror Nights. At least one for Halloween Horror Nights, too. I don't remember. I, I know. I, I can't remember, but I, I feel it. I feel <laughs> it in my code. Um, but sorry, interrupting. No, 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 no. You're all good. Um, So it will be six hour long episodes. Not, so long. not a six hour long episode. Like an hour long episode. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. Not, not like, yeah, you know. Anyway, continuing um and that'll be happening later this year so the thing that i actually love so much about this is that it brings together all of the quote-unquote great masters of horror Ooh. so these are all the people who have really defined the genre in the last 30 40 years we i mean between stephen king Jordan peele quentin tarantino there's so many others that are, have been listed throughout this series i love it um and they start talking about some of the biggest themes within their films and they start talking about the different inspirations and struggles behind past and present films um so eli roth had specifically said he's beyond thrilled to continue this deep dive into horror history with all of these legends rising stars and fans i'm so thankful to all those who have come together to celebrate the catalog and genre we love in a in a show that will play for generations to come We've had the most amazing discussions and so many older films are being rediscovered through the show and accompanying accompanying podcast. Thank you to AMC Shudder, my incredible producers and all the contributors and fans who've supported us. We want to make season three our deepest and darkest yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like it. Yeah. Um, and then in other news, I'm actually super excited about this movie and I cannot wait to watch oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, so Guillermo del Toro and director Scott Cooper's Antlers with Carrie Russell. What's she? What's Felicity doing these days? <laughs> Apparently Antlers. But what yeah. else is Felicity doing these days? Oh, hopefully not cutting all of her, uh, her hair again. I was again. just going to say, do you remember when she cut off her hair and everybody got real mad at her? Poor Carrie Russell. I know. I mean, she looked cute, but... I miss all I miss all her little ringlets. But I get it. When you have really curly hair like that. That is a commitment. It's kind of like that it, is a commitment. You either take really good care of it mm-hmm. or you just cut it off. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? Girl, same. I cut all my hair off at the end of last year because I did not want to deal with it anymore. Mm-mm. Like this is bullshit. It's taking too long to dry. And that's why there's wigs. Right? I'm about <laughs> just I'm, saying. I'm fully ready to pull a Britney circa 2009 and just I mean, to be done. I know I've mentioned it a bunch of times just to start over. So mm-hmm. good job, Carrie Russell. <laughs> right? Live your truth, babe. Um, so this film's gonna be coming out quote unquote soon-ish. And it's actually scheduled to hit theaters on October 29th. Ooh. Um, unknown, and I'm assuming pandemic pending, if it's going to also hit video on demand that day. Um, but the story centers around a small town teacher and her sheriff brother who become entwined with a young student in her school who is harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. <laughs> you tell I had teeth before we started. Um, so the I need to get on your level. <laughs> like, <"Wah!" laughs> sorry. Um, so the MPAA slapped the flick with an R rating for violence, including some gruesome images and for language. I am excited for this. I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds very, very good. Yeah, I'm super stoked. It'll be great. So, well, we're still in January and... We are still, I mean, not even just in January, but we're still supporting all the wonderful small businesses that are still trying to make it Mm -hmm. in this horrible pandemic that we are going through. So we're going to go into our segment, New Year Hootis. But before we start, oh yeah, we should talk about one of our new favorite small businesses. Oh yes. That we are actually super honored to be accepted as brand ambassadors yes. for yes and that is kitty fx shop who we've talked about before yes um and we share all the time yes in our stories because everything is just so damn cute oh the freaking cutest <laughs> um and I actually just got, and I did an, an unboxing kind of thing on my Instagram stories. I should actually save it. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna you save should. it. I'm gonna save it to my story highlights because I'm, you know, almost 33 and still learning how to social media. Me too. Um, but uh, we, I love everything I bought. I bought the mystery box, which came with the super cute little red bat coffin trinket box um, and a pair of acrylic Sally or resin, I guess it is, Sally earrings. And then the cute little ghost kitty earrings. I know. (gasps) Ghost kitties. And they're aptly named Binks. Perfect. And, And I have a kitty named Binks. Yep. It's perfect. Everything is just so cute. Well, and you just bought from the Valentine collection too, right? I sure did. I can't wait till it comes. You know I got the pink stuff. Yeah. Of Uh, course you did. Yeah. You little pastel goth, you. And, well, you know. (laughs) Can't help it. So, 
definitely be on the lookout. We are going to be posting a lot about Kitty FX and some things that are be coming soon. Absolutely. And Squad Ghouls listeners get a special discount. Sure do. We have a link that we're going to post on our website if you just want to like direct shop and click that link from our website then your discount is automatically applied but if you type the code squad ghouls s-q-u-a-d-g-h-o-u-l-s all one word you get 15 percent off of your order hey hey yo we like deals right we, who doesn't <laughs> love a good discount i know 15 percent. that's good but support small business also that and save money so be on the lookout. We'll be sharing probably on our page, on our Facebook, probably share on our website at some point too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And so be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to share uh, a new little small business that I found. It's called Ghost Girl Greetings. Yeah. And you know, everybody's like looking, always looking for cool cards to give people. I have a hard time with cards because you don't want to get like, something really cheesy this is where your valentine is coming from oh (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) so they have some great um horror and pop culture inspired greeting cards there's also gift wraps and so much more um Definitely check out their website. But right now they have the Killer Valentine collection. So it's like all of the horror horror greats in sort of like a pastel form, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there's a five card set. There is a die cut vinyl sticker set. An 11, well, there was an 11 ounce mug, but it is sold out. Um, and then there's also a limited Killer Valentine gift box. So check them out. Also, there are some great spooky birthday cards as well. Spooky. I mean, there's, it's just, there's a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff. I, I like it when people make things. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, the next one I want to share is uh, Craftsylvania. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> people are so fucking witty. I know. I, love I wish it. I was more like that. Same. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there, but it's, I still need work. Um, <laughs> so they're on uh, craftsylvania.com and on Instagram. Right now, they have this great Viva Love collection. Um, lots of sp- more spooky V-Day uh, cards or Galentine's cards. Um, and they have these really cute slash your heart glitter um, stickers. So it has all of your, you know, favorite um, killers and little glitter heart. Because, you know, why not? <laughs> and there's also these really cute um, devil and clown uh, Cupie stickers. Aww. You guys know the little Cupie dolls? Yeah. They're kind of creepy. Yeah. The, the clown creeped me out. I'll say that. Number I mean, one. Like, this isn't, this does not shock me. Yeah. But the devil's cute. Um, but the devil is cute. The devil's cute. <laughs> Man, am I going to the dark side. Um, anyway. We have more fun over here. <laughs> um, Alex Martinez started this shop in 2015, and everything, I mean, everything is all handmade by her. Ooh. Yeah. And she makes little felt, all her little felt items are all hand stitched by her. Oh, that's a lot of freaking work. It is. So check out Craftsylvania. Check them out. 
Love it. <laughs> well, the first one that I picked is actually not. Well, the two that I picked are um, they're still small businesses, but they're not like crafts or Etsy stores or anything like that. The first one that I picked is Going with Grace, oh. who Grace is actually a death doula. Oh, and for those that are not familiar, death doulas are actually starting to gain more popularity um, in modern times. Same way that you would have a birth doula. Yeah, I was gonna say I've heard of a birth doula, but well, not a is, death doula. I this like this. Is a though. death doula. So this is somebody who, if uh, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, if you are diagnosed with a terminal illness, this is somebody who helps provide counsel and support during the end of your life. Oh, so they, they and to the point where they're there when you pass. They sit vigil with you and your family. Um, But these types of folks actually help provide instruction for end of life planning. Everything from do you you, you have a will or do you have a trust? What's the difference between the two? What are the pros and cons of the two? I'll tell you, having a parent die who did not have a will, I have a fucking trust now. And that was the first thing that I did after all that nonsense was done because mm-hmm. probate court is a bitch and it yep. takes forever and it's a pain in the ass. They just drag you in the mud. Exactly. And you think that your family is all like nice and loving and stuff, but as soon as there's money, doesn't matter if it's $5 mm-hmm. or $500,000, people get ugly. Yep. So do yourself a favor, do your family a favor, get like, as soon as you do something like have a 401k or buy a house, anytime you have any sort of asset, it's time to get a trust of yep. some sort. Um, so they talk about, you know, they'll help you help guide you in that area. Um, they will help you with planning hospice, healthcare costs, um, specifically what to do when somebody's no longer able to speak. So who is your medical power of attorney? Who is your financial power of attorney? All of those types of decisions that it is terrible for you to put on your family yeah. toward the end of your life when they're just grieving. A death doula really helps you plan that out so that you can enjoy the last bit of time that you have. You're not stressed. Your family's not stressed and so forth. So I that, like it. It's amazing. So now that I've given you my spiel on death doulas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Grace actually offers um, different instructional webinars because this is not an industry that's regulated right now, meaning um, you don't have to have any sort of licensing or education behind it um but it does help to have an idea of how finances work Mm -hmm. how healthcare works how you know end of life care in general works so she offers different webinars um email newsletters and some additional resources that you will need access to as a death doula so if you are looking to change careers and oh i should actually little asterisk caveat death doulas do not make medical decisions or um what am i trying to say they they don't administer medical care oh gotcha um they're strictly there for support so if you are looking to potentially change careers and you would like to do something that really makes an impact on people toward the end of their life and their most you know vulnerable time and you want to consider doing it, check out Going With Grace. She's got a website. She also has an Instagram. She does a lot with um, Caitlin Doherty, Ask a Mortician. Um, They do a lot of classes together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so check her out, Going With Grace. Um, And then the next one that I wanted to call out is a dog treat company. 
Oh, yeah. It's not spooky. Because your dog likes treats. But I'll tell you, <laughs> what is in some dog treats is really freaking spooky. For sure. So, <laughs> um, the company, the other company that I picked is Super Treats. So, that's actually spelled S-O-O-P-E-R. And then the word treats. Um, and I actually, these are the ones that I ordered for Pearl and oh. um, Bertha. So, they actually found me on Instagram. Oh. And said, oh, hey, we noticed that you're vegan and we noticed that you have a dog. Do you want to try these? Like, sure. So yeah. Me, like, free shit? Okay. And we then like if, free 99. Right? And then if, <laughs> if Peanut doesn't like it, who cares? Well, I'll give it to somebody else. And Peanut has a very discerning palate. Like, she doesn't like ham. That's how discerning. That's okay. She, it's, 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 it's an so, acquired taste. But I mean, she, you know, most dogs are cute and they eat things like blueberries and carrots and mm-hmm. apples and stuff. No, if it's not Chicky Bird peanut does not eat it she's like get that away from me right get that whereas pearl's just like i'll eat whatever you give me i will eat anything and everything (laughs) (laughs) um but super treats are vegan and organic dog biscuits right now they have three flavors um they are chickpea flour based and they're so freaking cute they're little baby dog biscuits the little dog bones and they have the vegan icing on them so it's like blue or pink or yellow depending on the flavor okay i thought the dog was gonna hate them like she is not gonna like these because i gave her some of the little peanut butter dog biscuits Mm -hmm. won't touch them (laughs) will not touch them i'm telling you she's a picky little eater so um super treats check them out they have all corn like all the ingredients are organic they're really well made apparently the dog likes them and then i gave some to my in-laws dogs and they all ate them too and i even sent some to my boss and his dog loved them so there cool. you have it. Four dogs. Loved them. They actually have a promo code as well. Get 30% off of your order if you use the code WELCOME. Oh, nice. Yeah. Check Keep them that out. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we're going to do our review of Ghost Hunters, the quarantine special. Creepy. Locked up in quarantine in a haunted museum. What yeah. could go wrong? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I first found out this was coming out, and it came out like a while ago, um, was it October? Or no, I'm sorry, not I October. I feel like it was before that. Yeah. Because they filmed it. They in, filmed it like right when, when we the, shut down in March. Yes. Right. Of last year. And like truthfully, all of last year just kind of blends together. But um, I know. That's why I was like, was it October it came out? No, it, I feel like it was over the summer. <laughs> Well, I didn't get to watch it until recently when I added uh, Discovery Plus to my (laughs) streaming uh, list. (laughs) I have so many streaming services. It's ridiculous. Seriously. There's too many. I mean, this wasn't wasn't as bad, though. So um, I joined with the commercial free because we ain't got time for commercials no um and it was only 6.99 a month i, I mean things to do it's not bad Mm-mm. but when you have so many like it just adds up but anyway but yeah that's where i watched it and and you can watch all of the seasons of ghost hunters on there as well if you haven't started and i'm playing catch up from last season you can watch the very first one which was the um the Bob Mackey's 
in ten or yeah, it's in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> that place got some stories. And For Zach real. Biggins is a little baby. He's I know, so young. <laughs> he, oh God, he just cracks me up even through this whole thing. Like sometimes it's just it's hard for me. I guess really to like believe what's going on. Cause I know they like probably amp things up because it's TV. Oh, hundred percent. So I, you know, (laughs) so, but anyway, (laughs) caveat to this. Yes. Have I had experiences that make me believe that there is something beyond this plane of existence? Yes. Yes. I have too. Yes. Um, do I believe that a lot of the places that they visit are truly haunted? Yes. Yep. Do I believe that everything on Ghost Hunters is not dramatized and <laughs> potentially fake? <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. The, it just made me think of a little dust particle. Oh, my God. There's a little piece of dust in this old Scottish castle that we're visiting. It must be an, an, an orb and a flying spirit. We've been unable to debunk it. <laughs> Like, oh god, I feel like I hear that like every episode. <laughs> like, like, there's this like little like piece of like lint or it's dust. Fucking, it's, it's fucking just... dust because the place you're at is old as shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, oh it's man. Oh uh, yeah. So it's yeah. Full caveat. <laughs> I believe. Do I believe that some of these things are haunted? Yes. yes. Do I also believe that? The four basic middle-aged white guys are overly <laughs> dramatizing it, hundred percent. But would I like if I actually go there? Would I be a little terrified? Yeah, I would. I'd be a little scared. I, like if we go, like when everything's open again and all that, which I already told you I was gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bless myself so much. I'm I'm gonna go to Catholic church. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna not go gonna, to a Christian church. Like, I'm not gonna tempt fate. I'm not gonna, you know, go in front of something that is allegedly haunted and start. I'll just haunted. stand in the back. You know me. Like when we went to the the it house, they're like, "Oh, do you want to go in the front with the clowns?" No, thank you. Nope. But that's also how you did not get run over by Pennywise. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Instead, I got run over by you when we were at the um, the at Conjuring the house. <laughs> I was gone. I don't when know the what nun you came were, out of the wall. I don't know what you were doing. She's like, I don't know what you waiting I for. Was gone. I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you totally did the. <laughs> bye bye. Oh man. So anyway, but this was a uh, four um, four episode series um, that he released, and um, and now he's going to be releasing a lot more that he's been you know filming doing uh, during uh, this quarantine. So, and we'll probably talk about those a little bit later. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll get into episode one, and this one was titled uh, "Perimeter of Fear." So that we it, this one features the the death mobile and the office like some office pieces from dr kevorkian and if you guys don't know who he is look it up (laughs) i mean he's very very famous um and then also he talks about these creepy dolls that he's collected um and they're and he's gonna focus on four um specifically and that's peggy gretchen lily and cynthia Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and they seem to hold um you know like 
the demonic possession or like just by evil ghosts so Ooh, it's creepy and if you look at these dolls they look creepy <laughs> i feel like all dolls are pretty creepy yeah pretty much and why my mom collects them i don't know dude <laughs> your mom <laughs> sabrina if you're listening to this <laughs> she collects so many <laughs> your house scares me i mean they're mostly barbies i don't care <laughs> the barbies don't creep me out some of the porcelain dolls creep me out they're so scary but anyway <laughs> so so scary i'm sure some of them are possessed with something um (laughs) so the episode opens up and uh zach bagans is driving down the las vegas strip and talking about how everything's shut down because of the coronavirus pandemic and he's like it's just so crazy driving down and there's nobody on the road it's like well yeah because the strip is shut down man Uh And then he explains how he is going to be locked up inside his haunted museum with his other team members, and they're going to record, you know, their experiences with the different haunted objects that are inside. So on this episode, we start with the Kevorkian office, and they begin showing security camera footage of many women fainting, but specifically only women, like it was crazy. Like there was one woman who fell back and as you know, the staff was like, you know, coming in to like try to help her. She just started screaming and pointing um, to, to the wall that was in front of her saying that she could, you know, see something standing right there looking at her and I'm like, Oh, but it's like, it's hard to tell if these people are acting or are they really like fainted? <laughs> you I know, just don't know. You don't know. You don't. And I'm kind of feel like if I go in there, is that going to happen to me? <laughs> but it's just, but there have been many accounts of this. And, you know, usually they'll, you know, kind of record and, you know, interview people after, you know, this has happened, obviously, if they allow it. There was a few people who were kind of like blocked out. So you couldn't see their face and everything. Um, but, you know, one lady, she was just saying it, she just, you know, felt like this power just come over her and she, you know, just started feeling dizzy. And then, you know, and that's when she collapsed and her uh, boyfriend or husband or something was just trying to keep her up and he couldn't figure out what was going because he was like trying to talk to her, but like she, you know, wasn't responding to him at all. So crazy stuff. (laughs) Um, But anyway, but Zach paid uh, $32,000 uh for the rusty 1968 volkswagen van uh which was known as the death mobile from dr kevorkian for those that didn't know dr kevorkian was the doctor who was charged with second degree murder for assisting in uh euthanasia yes yeah doctor assisted suicide which i mean 130 assisted suicides i'm just gonna get on my soapbox for like 30 seconds <laughs> i like it go ahead when you've had to watch someone die in agony mm-hmm. and there's like there's no amount of drugs that can help them if they want to end their own misery mm-hmm. you're nobody to stand in the way of that nope and you know what we do it for our pets why wouldn't we do it for the people that we love the most in the world? Especially if they really want it. Yep. And that's all I have to say about that. Watch Million Dollar Baby, people. Yes. 
I like it. Right, right in the feels. Thank you for attending this TED Talk. Right. <laughs> that's, that's my TED Talk. Continue. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but really, like, it should, he shouldn't have got those charges but anyway um so um actually janet atkins was uh his first public assisted suicide patient and died in the van in 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 oakland county of june 1990 she was 54 and had big di- had been diagnosed with early onset alzheimer's disease i can see why she chose that mm-hmm. it's very it's very hard mm-hmm <laughs> so just a little background on on those but he bought the van uh, it was actually parked in storage at american jewelry jewelry and lone pawn shop on eight mile in detroit <laughs> i was like go figure <laughs> it's on eight mile like how did they get that <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know 32 five that's not bad i mean he's spent way more on things mm-hmm. so <laughs> so they so they sit in the office room trying to connect with, you know, the spirit that has been affecting the women when they enter the Kevorkian office. And the spirit, the spirit box starts saying, you know, they, they ask him, they're like, you know, why, why are you doing this, you know, to, to the women that come in here? And they put then in the, I forget what the little machine is called, <laughs> but basically they're capturing the, the voice of the the ghost in the room and oh their little spirit box well it's oh, the no, one no the it's the one, one that's like the speak and spell thing where the, it speak and spell well, well that's what okay i didn't know like i know they said it a bunch of times in the show but like i wasn't really paying attention to the name of these things i know what you're talking about it's a little sullen yeah 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 but it like they type in a question mm-hmm. and then supposedly the ghost answers back which i don't know i'm the jury's still out on that for me because i feel like someone could just be typing it in Mm -hmm. i feel like but anyway so they ask the the spirit in the office you know why are you doing these to you know the women and so and then it answers back saying slave and enjoy so apparently they want to enslave these women and he enjoys it or she enjoys it. And that was that. So <laughs> then we uh, move on. Um, Sack Baggins has a, a Zoom meeting with Danny Davern, who he purchased uh, parts of the boat, uh, the Splendor, that he owned. Um, he was very, very close with Natalie Wood. And as you all know, or hopefully you do know, well, now you know. Um, that is the last time that I forget her. Um, Natalie Wood. No, I know Natalie Wood, but her husband. Robert Wagner. Yes, thank you. I almost said Richard. <laughs> wrong one. Num- wrong R. <laughs> number two. Yeah. <laughs> from Austin Powers. Right. Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken saw that it was the last time they saw Natalie Wood before Fucking she died. Christopher Walken, man. I know. He knows something. He does. I always say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's got all those secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so he um, spoke to Denny Davern and he was explaining that he feels like Natalie Wood is, you know, trying to contact him. Um, he had sent uh, Zach a video of him, um, you know, of his room where like he cleaned the closet up. Everything was all neat and perfect. And then he came back in the room and it was all thrown everywhere. 
And uh, Zach also explained that, you know, he kind of feels something weird in there too. Like maybe it's her, or it could be, you know, another, you know, spirit from the unknown. But he also feels like a certain energy, you know, when he's in the this room. And he, so he moves one of these mannequins that's kind of like, supposedly dressed like natalie wood and when he moves her um he feels he feels something like touch him and of course he freaks out and makes <laughs> a really loud noise which i don't know why i'm so mean because i'm sure if that happened to me i'd freak out but every time like he screams or something i start laughing <laughs> but also i can't help it <laughs> but also it's mean <laughs> You know, it's it's just pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little ridiculous, right? <laughs> so, and then we get to so they're gonna start like kind of going to where the dolls reside resides in the sideshow room, um, and there's many other creepy dolls. There's also clowns, which no thanks <laughs> I'm like this is the room i'm not gonna like <laughs> so and so just a little background on one of the dolls one of the probably famous other than um i would say annabelle <laughs> is peggy the doll and she has a really really long you know paranormal history like she's very well known <laughs> um and she is said to be one of the most haunted and dangerous dolls in the world which I disagree with because I think Annabelle is probably up there Mm -hmm. like way high. (laughs) So, um, but it is believed that Peggy is possessed by a spirit of a woman born in 1946 in London's Holland park who died of chest related condition, possibly an asthma attack. And, um, psychics have speculated, um, that said women, uh, could, the woman could be of a Jewish descent and have ties to the Holocaust. Maybe, but <laughs> so, um, but they don't really know like the exact identity of the, the entity inhabiting the doll, but her effects on people have been well documented. Um, it's also believed that in addition to causing violent migraines and severe chest pains, the entity can have, uh, can even affect a person's dreams and predict tragedies. That's so scary. <laughs> Um, there was actually back in 2015, there was a video of uh, Peggy hit YouTube and it's been reported that over 80 people who watched it suffered chest pains, nausea, and crippling headaches. Wah, wah, wah. Let's not watch that mo- uh, that video, you guys. Hopefully they took it down. Hard pass, thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're in this the sideshow room and they hear a... a unexplained female voice come through the spirit box like trying to talk to him and then all of a sudden a male voice tells him don't move back like you know saying there's somebody behind him and trying to you know tell him to turn away and then uh Aaron he starts feeling sick and he feels like something's taking all this energy and he's just like I gotta get out of here then he starts getting like real angry and irritable with everybody (laughs) like you know, he always gets like real freaking feisty. Yeah. Whenever like, he was mean. Happens. Like oh, he's yeah. just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm like, yeah. He gets real aggro. Like, I was like, okay. Like, all right. <laughs> all right, Mr. Emo kid. Brush your hair out of your face. I was like, we need to not let him no. go back there. Go anymore. listen to your to some senses fail and then move on. Yeah. Be okay. 
<laughs> so then uh, we go back uh, to the... Now we're going to go back to the uh, Kavor game van. And they try to contact like any spirit that's been hanging out in there. But as they're setting up, they hear this really loud bang and notice like one of their equipment was down. And so, of course, you know, Zach runs with camera <laughs> and his little ghost anomaly detector. See, I kind of remembered that one mm-hmm. <laughs> to go check it out. Oh, the thing that finds all the stick figures, all yes, the ghost stick the figures. Little stick figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, arts and crafts bullshit is this. I know. Like, <laughs> like, they couldn't, like, make it so you can actually see a figure. I mean, come on. It's, well, now it's, it's 2021. We don't have new technology. I for mean, ghosts you know no. i guess not nothing no. all right <laughs> our, mon- our money's going to a vaccine right now oh you know what that's as I, it should yeah exactly that's fine we don't need Pri- to give priorities we don't need to give him any more equipment zach bagans has enough money <laughs> right he can probably hire somebody to put it together he could pay elon musk to build him something that would actually work <laughs> uh, so he he takes this detector back there to see what's going on what knocked over his equipment and then the, the little stick figure jumps out from behind the fucking clown. You know, I was like, fast forward. <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> I don't need to see that. <laughs> that makes me not want to go in that room. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so after they figured that out, we're going to go back to the Kevorkian Deathmobile and then, you know, try to reach out who's haunting them in that room. And then they start to hear in the spirit box, a male voice come through saying, uh, a a quite in pain old person here i didn't hear that but it's fine Mm -mm. um and then the spirit says killed gently okay Mm kind of hinting that he's he was one of the patients in the van Mm -hmm. clearly um and then they find out that then he asks him like you know what's you know what's your name and he says guess but then he says gail and then they actually try to look up you know a list of all his um the patients that he had and actually that was one of a confirmed patient so they might have been talking to one Mm -hmm. who knows (laughs) so then um uh, Baggins moves to the four dolls. He moves the four dolls into one room and try to see what happens Mm -hmm. which yeah not a good idea (laughs) But anyway, so then he moves the little spirit box over to Gretchen and he hears a little girl's voice come out. Now, mind you, also, I would like to note Gretchen has human hair attached to her. Why? (laughs) When he said that, I was like, yeah, that's a doll I want in my collection. So creepy. (laughs) And then um, then he goes to use the anomaly detector again, little stick figure detector. I'll just say that. Um, And then he notices a figure coming out from behind of uh, the Peggy doll. And then he... Of course, he's like freaking out. <laughs> like so, then he starts taking um, snapshots of the room with the flash to see, you know, if he gets any figure that shows up. And of course, he sees like a little shadow coming from behind Gretchen. Um, I feel like it was somebody's hand or something. But, <laughs> but anyway, but that is the first episode. It's kind of creepy, but cool. And then we get into episode two, and that is the extension of darkness. <laughs> so they're continuing their lockdown adventure, and they are 
then this episode they start to investigate the infamous basement that nobody goes down and also they are checking out a house that he just purchased next door to expand his museum because he needs more room for all of his spooky artifacts (laughs) which i'm like one museum is fine you don't need more i I can't i don't think i can go through two houses Mm -mm. anyway (laughs) so they begin the episode by going next door because he had just purchased this and you know they want to investigate and see you know what's going on with this new place so uh so he said many guests have you know that have come to his other museum they walk past and they see a woman in the upstairs window looking down at them um and so the former own owner explains that it's his mother and she did die upstairs and pretty much like you know she's been in this house most of her like her life so aaron and billy start doing a little bit of a further investigation taking pictures and whatnot and then they're going to report back later uh so then zach and jay head down to the basement in the prison exhibit and this is where he holds his collection of items from infamous like serial killers and this is a place that he doesn't really let people go down there like by themselves because weird shit happens in the basement not just in the prison exhibit but just in general in the basement um he had a psychic come out named erica back in 2017 and she wasn't even she wasn't even she was just at the gate of the basement the stair there's a gate uh that leads to the stairs and she definitely felt like she felt like a dark aura coming from the basement and kind of felt like it was not a safe place to go at all um and then uh, Zach explains that there was a celebrity who owned the property. He didn't want to um, let everybody know the name, which I'm like, oh, come on. We want to know. I'm nosy. <laughs> but um, they let him know that their father used to worship the devil in the basement. Awesome. As, as you do. Yeah. As Because what else do you do in the basement? Um, <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the basement. No. <laughs> um, and then an- another psychic, Rachel Vosco, mentioned the first thing that she saw before even going downstairs was a pentagram drawn on the floor and there was blood drips everywhere and then she could also hear the screams of a little boy um and then he goes on to explain the original owners the wingerts had a little boy named james who warned everyone all the time about evil spirits in the basement listen to kids they see things they're also creepy they see lots of things so then zach's uh he goes down to the jail room where all his little creepy serial artifacts are and he lets everybody know that he owns the bone fragments and ashes of charles manson because why not as you do (laughs) um one guest you know mentions that she heard like as she looked closer in on the the bone fragments and the ashes she she said that she could hear manson whispering ear good on you man okay (laughs) sure (laughs) and then zach kind of has a conversation with his grandson they're just kind of talking about how he 
definitely still feels, you know, Manson just kind of around him. And I'm like, that's not something I want to feel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not on your life. Um, so then we cut over back to Aaron and Billy and they're done with their investigation of the house next door. They do a playback of an EVP recording and they obviously they get a little feedback of an unexplained voice coming through and then they also um show zach all the photos that they took all around the house and then there was one image of where billy is covered by an unexplained black mass Ooh. i feel like it was just in the little polaroid but whatever <laughs> um but they do know that even though they do know that somebody did die in this house, they feel like there's definitely a much more dark history that they need to like look into, you know, further about this place. Um, but they go back to do more pictures to try to debunk the black mass. Um, and they also, um, they're going to take photos where the previous owner's mother died. So then we're back to Zach in the good old basement and Jay, um, sets up the, a Van Graaff generator, which I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up mm-hmm. after <laughs> just to figure out what it was. So basically they were trying to use that and try to connect with the spirit of Manson and see if there was a way that it would make him electrocute him. Basically <laughs> make him feel like he's being electrocuted. Oh, you know, which because that's what you do. Absolutely. <laughs> but as he's setting up these, he, feel something fly across his his hair his little hair blows in the wind (laughs) and they think that manson is in the room and then he as he's putting his hands on this generator it starts like shocking the crap out of him (laughs) and they feel like it's manson's spirit doing that (laughs) and then meanwhile zach is still kind of in the basement and he's he goes to this room and he can see a, th- a throne set up with a pentagram drawn on the floor. And this room is exactly um, underneath where Charles Manson's uh, fragments are in the in the prison room. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> so, of course, you know, they're still trying to, um, you know, connect with him and and see if his spirit is in there and they use the little spirit box thing but i don't know sometimes i feel like they just kind of make up stuff you know (laughs) because like all i hear is just like somebody like gurgling like i don't necessarily hear a voice the spirit box my company makes that speaker (laughs) they just took the brand badge off of it no shade but that's amazing all the shade that's amazing (laughs) bro at least give credit oh man (laughs) i recognize that speaker i worked in that division for three years (laughs) but but the thing that that, of course that i was laughing about late uh, earlier was that so they're they think this like little orb passes in front of the camera i mean and they're they're like yeah and we you know we definitely we debunked it it's it was a spirit orb but it's like you guys it was it was like a dust particle seriously (laughs) clean your shit like i'm gonna need you to clean that room right no wonder you're wearing that gas mask all the time you can't breathe all that dust i mean that's i would probably sneeze uncontrollably in there Mm -hmm. but anyway and that's episode three lots of creepy stuff i mean episode two or episode two sorry (laughs) (laughs) um 
Well, episode three is titled The Summoning Experiments. Ooh, this one creeped me out. This one was good. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they got progressively better and better until we got to the fourth one, which was like yeah. total, total letdown. Yeah. Um, so The Summoning Experiments features actually a haunted object that you covered in our Haunted Objects episode, which is The Devil's Rocking Chair. Oh, and I still can't wait for that movie. I know. Also, the inspiration <laughs> for The Conjuring 3 coming out this spring summer. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so... Thus titled The Summoning Experiment, um, because it features not only the rocking chair, but it also features a room full of really bizarre equipment that looks a lot like air conditioning a ductwork. Um, <laughs> it's totally what it looks like to me. Um, but I also am not a technical or handy person. But you're also not wrong, because I thought the same thing. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> So there's a, an unnamed woman whose face we never see and whose name we never, because she's unnamed, duh, whose name we never learn, um, who apparently was attempting to contact spirits in that room. And uh, she had a ton of all of this air conditioning equipment garbage everywhere. And she also left spell cards that she was using to place in each of these little ducks oh, to God. contact spirits from another dimension and yeah and apparently she died (laughs) while attempting this so this whole episode is basically about uh the paranormal investigators of ghost adventures trying to um antagonize demons both within the devil's rocking chair and via this summoning experiment it's like why you know (laughs) why it's like me i'm not touching you i'm not touching you Mm -hmm. i'm not touching you like come on the devil starts slapping people right (laughs) um so this gal specifically who was attempting this experiment documented her research with a series of polaroid pictures and she believed that she was possessed by demons and even told her family the demons are coming before she died and when her family sent someone to do a welfare check and they showed up actually they found her you know dead on the floor and it's unclear what happened so for their investigation one of the um they actually bring on a different a couple of different investigators and they were working with a gentleman by the name of bill chappelle who was an engineer who for over a year tried to figure out a way to reactivate this equipment using this woman's original handwritten spell cards um so then of course in Zach Bagan's fashion, he starts going, there's a presence here. Always. Mm-hmm. And he busts out that recorder trying to find something and then um, thought he heard a growling noise. So uh, one of the other investigators tells the crew that uh, Mr. Chappelle believed that the woman had been using the equipment to produce sound and frequency that would manifest results like tapping into other dimensions. Um, so then he and Chappelle coordinated over a video conference, uh, conference to conduct the experiment and nobody knows what the woman had been intending to do when she started messing around with all this garbage. Um, but they suspected that she might have, uh, let something loose into 
our world during that time. Wonderful. Uh-huh. And since she had been found dead during the midst of it, that was what they had thought. Kind of like, um, do you ever see that movie? And I told our friend Daniela to watch this. Um, sorry, Daniela, just because you needed another reason not to sleep at night. It was like that movie White Noise <laughs> Ooh. with uh, Michael Keaton, which yep. I actually really liked that movie. I liked it too. I know it was kind of hokey, but that movie, that movie scared me. Like... It, it, it got me a couple times. Well, cause, you know, that's hard to do sometimes. Well, I had always, because I know that I talk in my sleep a lot. Like, a Jared will wake me up and tell me I've been having full conversations. And he's like, <laughs> bitch, shut up and sleep. And so I've, I had always wanted to record myself while I was sleeping to just... I, I want to know what kind of shit I talk while I'm asleep. Um, but then after seeing that movie, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Because I want to hear what else is in the room with me. Yep. I will never sleep you again. You never know who you're talking to. Nope. Um, so totally one of the other investigators had thought that she might have even been trying to make a deal with the devil. Ooh. Um, like, didn't you watch season three of Sabrina? That's not how this works. <laughs> so immediately after he turned on the equipment, Tolly had said the ambiance in the room changed and it began to feel very different. So he it tried, always does. Always does. <laughs> so he tried to communicate with whatever the presence was in that room. And uh, he ended up receiving some chilling responses. So he heard a loud, ex- unexplainable boom from somewhere in his proximity um just as an anomaly you know as they do was captured on camera disappearing behind him (laughs) they always disappear behind him um so for the devil's rocking chair experiment the second door um zach bagans opens in the room is that of the devil's rocking chair so creepy Mm -hmm. (laughs) just looking at it yep and for our listeners who haven't uh heard our haunted objects episode this is the infamous chair that's tied to ed lorraine warren and was connected to the quote-unquote devil made me do it case from the early 80s and that's when they exercised a possessed 11 year old boy named david glatzel and during which the chair would allegedly rock on its own levitate disappear and reappear um and they actually i you know i'm so pissed that they censor because like bro i'm we're paying brie and i are splitting the discovery press <laughs> subscription you can uncensor this yeah. is not ta- cable television i was or really this is cable television i was but. really mad about that too yeah i'm like so they actually play the exorcism tape a little bit but you can't hear anything because it's Mm-mm. all bleeped out because it's all explicatives but i'm i was really mad that like come on i know but also it's discovery they bleep everything out Come on, Discovery. <laughs> um, so Glatzel and Lorraine, who was obviously a clairvoyant as well, claimed to have seen the devil sitting on it. And witnesses at the final exorcism said that the demon finally fled Glatzel's body and possessed Arnie Cheyenne Jackson, who in the later months killed his landlord in an altercation and claimed that he murdered him while under demonic possession. And then, yep. that, and then that's when um, the story became a book t- in 1983 titled The Devil in Connecticut and also became the plot, as I mentioned, for the third Conjuring movie coming out this spring summer. Woo-hoo. Yep. Um, so Bagans bought the chair from Carl Glatz- Glatzel's brother, who notarized it with a warning that anyone who sat on the chair would be left with incapacitating back pain. Mm-mm. And it had been in the it had been a Glatzel family heirloom since the fifties, and still has stains of oil left on it from Ed Warren's exorcism session. 
That's so creepy. It's super creepy. Um, so previously, Kevin Frazier, who's, and they actually interview him again on the show, um, who is a co-host for Entertainment Tonight, actually sought out Zach Bagans at the museum for an interview. And while they were chatting, when he first got the chair, um, he walked into the room designated to it, and he went to walk up to it like he was going to touch it and then faked back and was like, no, 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 I'm just playing. I'm not going to. And specifically looked at the camera and said, spirit, I'm not taunting you. And after he said that, he started to get back pain. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And he ended up. Don't tease the devil. Well, and he ended up being in so much pain that he actually had to walk out of the interview. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. So they they talked to him again during this, this particular episode. Um, and Bagans, you know. He liked to poke the bear, uh, decided course. to conduct the devil's rocking chair experiment by himself and felt two taps on his shoulder as he entered the room. No. Um, he used his little electromagnetic meter to survey the room and receive some different oscillating responses, which he described as very unusual spikes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, as, just... <laughs> as one does. Um so he set up equipment around the room to survey activity and felt the room temperature suddenly turn chilly. Um, and then he played the original, <laughs> so stupid. Um, he played the original audio from the exorcism. Why? From the eighties that was recorded on cassette. Remember cassettes, kids? <laughs> what was the first cassette you bought? Oh, the first cassette I had was Mariah Carey. Of course it was. <laughs> Two sides. Yeah. Flip it over. Oh, also new kids on the block. My very first one was uh, <laughs> Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. I like it. The Climb was the last song on side one. Underrated song. And then you flip it over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days. These are the things you, you take for granted now, kids. Cassette. Yep. Um, so the audio obviously is super disturbing and, you know, he hoped that it would provoke whatever demons are still possessing the chair. Um, so as soon as he started the audio, the equipment started to go off again, signaling a presence. Um, and then he captured an anomaly with his little stick figure camera <laughs> and, the, and stated that it was standing close to the chair and uh, he started taking the chair. He took it out of the, its little exhibit and he sat in it. Oh, God. And he didn't feel any physical repercussions the way that um, everybody else seems to while he was sitting on it. But he actually had to leave the room after he got off because he started to feel real nasty while he was setting up his EVP equipment on the chair. Oof. Yep. And then, as if that's not enough, <laughs> we go back to our other investigators with the air conditioning equipment. And, you know, as you do, you conduct a Ouija board session. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so while they were, what was creepy is while they were conducting it, uh, Tolly actually on the other side started getting responses. Um, mm -hmm. And they started to hear loud bangs from one of the rooms nearby. And Aaron Goodwin, the bald guy, start, uh, felt something grab him by the back of his neck. Um, and then they started to feel the, vo the board vibrate. And, of course, it would not be complete without another floating anomaly. <laughs> little stick figure everywhere. That's ridiculous. Little little dust particles everywhere. <laughs> it's probably somebody in, like, one of those, like, the green screen suits. Right. 
And they just put it back in there and it's like a little stick figure. Side note, um, if you get a chance, watch the Tiger King episode. Oh, I, I do want to watch that the one. The Tiger King episode's actually fun. Um, but yeah. I'm really surprised they went there. I'm But not. also not. I'm not. Because Jeff Lowe will do anything for a fucking dollar. Right. Like, now yeah. that Well, now that he's sold it to the devil. <laughs> sold it to that bitch, Carol Baskin. Oh, boy. Ugh. He is going crazy in his prison cell right now. Carol uh, Baskin <laughs> killed her husband, whacked him. <laughs> <laughs> Can't convince me that it didn't happen. <laughs> Fed him to tigers, they snacking. Oh, my God. Whoever wrote that? I, I, the best you saved my 2020 yes um okay anyway so final episode in this four-part quarantine special dun 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 the debug box opening dun 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 okay um we also talked about this one yes we also talked about the debug box so obviously you have to open it on a full moon night as you do um <laughs> And they decide to finally open this wine cabinet, believed to be a container of pure evil in the form of a restless, malicious, and possessive spirit from Jewish mythology called the Jibbuk, which seems to have the power to control thoughts and emotions. Um, So it's said to be one of the most dangerous haunted objects in the world, also inspiring the film The Possession, which was fine. Yeah. I didn't hate it. It was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Um... So the team actually tried to open the box before, but they supposedly weren't able to do it as stuff started to kind of spiral out of uh, control. They tried to open it with a post limon. I know. Post limon. I can't. I, I like I've seen that damn Doritos commercial so many times now that I forget that his name is actually post Malone. But yes, it's post post limon. Yes. Um, forever and ever because chips are life. <laughs> So, uh, Zach Bagans believe that the Dybbuk was trying to stop them from opening it. Um, and it's sometimes believed to attach itself to part of a deceased person's soul, helping them accomplish unfinished goals in the afterlife. <laughs> um, so the box, a little bit of history was originally a wine cabinet. And it was owned by a Holocaust survivor who escaped from Poland. He purchased the box from Spain before moving to the U.S. And in 2001, the box was purchased by Kevin Manis at an estate sale. Um, however, when he tried to return it to the family, they refused to take it back, claiming that there was a Dybbuk living inside it. So according to Manic, the box holds two 1920s pennies, a lock of blonde hair and brown hair, each bound with a cord. A small statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom, a small wine goblet, a dried rosebud, and a single candelabra with four carved legs. So Manus intended to give the box back to his mother as a present, some fucking present. Um, <laughs> here, have this haunted here, box. Here, have this possessed box with weird fucking hair in it. Like, <laughs> you, are the, you are a worse gift giver than David Rose from Schitt's Creek. Um... <laughs> So he went to give his mother the box on her uh, as a present on her birthday, but as soon as she received it, she suffered a stroke. You are the worst son ever, sir. Good job, right? Um, so after Manus, the box was owned by Jason Haxton, who kept it buried in a special military box underground. 
smart man. Um, he had started suffering some sudden health problems like breaking out in hives, coughing up blood, and strange welts all over his body. Wow. Um, I know. That's unfortunate. He approached some rabbis who helped him seal the box, and he kept it hidden in a secret location until he decided to donate it to Zach Bagans. Um, so Bagans shared testimonials from eyewitnesses comprising both patrons and the staff of the museum who reported seeing a black-cloaked figure roam the hallways surrounding the room that houses the Dybbuk box. So their reactions were disturbing, implying that they had been terribly traumatized by what they'd seen. Um, so then Zach Bagans has a video conference with Manus, and um, they explain the different experiences that they had while trying to open the box uh, during an, a separate episode of Ghost Adventures with Post Limon. <laughs> so according to Manus, the original owner and others had summoned an entity that was evil, and then they believed that um, they had unleashed all the evils throughout the 20th century. World War II, the Korean War, Khmer Rouge, the nuclear explosion in Bhopal, India, that blinded 20,000 people. And when she tried to rectify her mistake, Havala, who was the original owner, only managed to trap that evil, rip it apart into 10 components of evil, and boxed each of them in different dibbit boxes and sent them to the, edge of the edges of the world. This is like the coolest freaking bedtime story ever. Yeah, bedtime story. <laughs> so, um, Zach Bagans actually owns two of the 10 dibbit boxes, um, and he ends up pulling out the second one as well. Um, and the second was not public knowledge until this episode. So, Manus then tells him that the 10 boxes allow line with the tree of life concept from Kabbalah, which forms the basis of Jewish mysticism. So Manus actually has received six of the other boxes, but the whereabouts of the last two are unknown. Ooh. One's probably like in Antarctica. Right. <laughs> and the other one's probably in Greenland. Um, so he said he feared one day the boxes would all be brought together and opened, unleashing this evil back into the world. Um, the risk of opening the two boxes together is death. Bah, bah, bah. Dun, dun, dun. You know, <laughs> all the drama. Um, so Bagans discussed his new findings with the rest of the team and cautioning them of what could happen if things go wrong. Um, they plan to carry out their investigations over the course of two nights. The first documenting the events leading up to the opening of the box. Um, and they decide to open it on the second night. Um, and then they go into the room that holds it to take some readings of all of the energy, engage any spikes. Then, then Zach Bagans also installs a thermal camera and an infrared time-lapse camera and full spectrum video scope around the box and a couple of motion activated night vision cameras in the hallways where the black cloaked figure had been seen. So as soon as they lifted the plexiglass off of the Dybbuk box, both Aaron Goodwin and Zach Bagans start to feel an, a weird pain shooting up their backs. Ooh. Of course. Of course. Um, so the EMF readings start to spike. And then Bagans calls the Dybbuk box, obviously the real Pandora's box. Um, and as soon as he leaves the room, a range of emotions hits him and he collapses on the stairs. Oh, the drama. <laughs> um, so then the cameras in the Dybbuk box chamber capture strange anomalies like a puff of smoke coming out of the box. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but then they take a still image from the video camera that shows a pair of eyes in the operation. That okay. was creepy. Yes. However, has, have none of these people ever taken a Rorschach test before? 
<laughs> like you can find whatever you want to find mm-hmm. and it's like it's laying on your back and looking at fucking pixar clouds like <laughs> you can you can find whatever you want to find exactly so, yeah I'm a, I'm a little skeptical of that right um but apparently this resembles a fiend from an illustration in 19th century literature literature so ooh. okay mm-hmm. um so Zach Bagans wasn't sure that they had captured visual evidence of the Dybbuk, so they set up a microphone to record any unexplained audio, and then as soon as they open the box, they start monitoring all of the EMF readings, which start to obviously spike um, as comparison to when it was closed. And then um, he starts to believe that something powerful has been released, and then they hear a loud bang. Um, I mean, I hear loud bangs around my house all the time, too, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's because I have cats. So they're always <laughs> knocking shit over him. Um, so then, obviously, once you open it, what do you do? You have to pick it up and walk around the museum with it. But you know what I love? I love that when he was walking around with it, he has it open and he starts, like, kind of trying to scare the guys with it. Like, you know yeah. how you, you jump at somebody and go, Rah! Yeah. He starts doing that <laughs> shit. And I'm like... That's so messed up. Bro! It's like, oh, you know what? I just collapsed. Why don't you guys collapse, too? <laughs> so crazy feel the devil (laughs) right um so he starts walking around um and then they start trying to communicate with the spirit that was unleashed um and then zach bagan says that he feels like he's in a trance and he doesn't remember any of it and then um you know the other investigators start to fall unconscious after touching the box it's like something at a benny hinn service And he, like, puts his arm up in the whole whole wave of people collapse. (laughs) Do you feel the (laughs) Dybbuk? Yeah. So, that's part four of the opening of the Dybbuk boxes. Um, You know, lots of drama. Hey, you know what? Even if it's all fake, I mean, it's great entertainment. Yeah, I was very entertained. I was so entertained. Through the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, definitely I've, learned some stuff that maybe I didn't know. Totally. And you know what? It, as ridiculous as I feel like Ghost Adventures gets sometimes, I actually really enjoy learning about these places and mm-hmm. learning about the spooky history behind it. So yeah. even if even if I roll my eyes so hardcore and <laughs> there was a lot of that for sure. There's lots of eye rolling. But you know what? I still I enjoy learning about these cool places. I love the history. I love the spooky stories behind them. And who knows? Maybe some of it is real. Yeah. We'll never know. Never know until we actually go and experience it ourselves. And I'm just going to get on one final 30-second soapbox. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Adventures, not that you'll ever listen to this, but if you do, you need to hire a woman mm-hmm. and you need to hire a person of color. Because yep. I'm real tired of seeing four middle-aged white guys going, whoa, 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 dude. Whoa, what was that? Dude, did you, did you see feel that, that dude? Like, uh, did, you, did you see that that orb? Turn the testosterone down a little bit. <laughs> Have some diversity within your cast. Yes. Um, because different people will bring different feel, like, you know, spirits. They'll, they'll feel different things. Absolutely. So I would just like to see a little more diversity in the cast, but that's just me personally. Um, and yeah, but it's entertaining. And yes. if, if nothing else... You know, as, as much shade as I throw, I still watch it. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I still don't necessarily believe it, but like I said, I just, I guess I'll have to go there and, and find out how I feel. I but, did not turn my phone volume off. I'm sorry. That was my phone dinging. Oh, that's fine. 
you should leave that there. <laughs> leave it in there. Um, but anyway, check it out. Uh, Ghost Hunters Quarantine on Discovery Plus. Like I said, it's it's five ninety nine with um with commercials and six ninety nine without. Or I'm sorry, per month. <laughs> like, and I think that they might um they might even still be playing it on the Travel Channel. Oh, they are okay. Yeah, because that was where I originally watched it. Was on the Travel Channel last summer. Oh, okay, good. When it came out, maybe possibly on demand if it's available. Yeah, man, check it out. Yeah, cool. Well, that's it. That's it for us. Um, ghosts and stuff. Yeah, ghosts and shit. Don't forget to rate <laughs> and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, subscribe as well. Um, visit our website, www.thesquadghouls.com. We have merch. Yes. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and email us. Yeah. All that stuff. Thesquadghouls at gmail.com. Yep. Thanks for listening. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.